0: Is there
1: a number at which
2: I can be bought? <laughs> Not <I> be bought. <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple of years. No, And me go right back
1: to work.
0: I've been doing campaigns for thirty years. That's what party officials do. We just don't think this is your time. We really want Stacey
1: Washington to run. What shocked me about this was actual money. You look at this and you think, is this truly the state of American politics right. that people are getting bought off? How many have said yes to that offer? How many have said oh. yes to that type of bribe? I'm he just—he was too naive about it. He,
2: he thought. He thought he was in charge, and I wouldn't sit down with someone like her and think I was in charge, even if I was employing her on the side in some capacity.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it into the weekend on high gear. It is Thursday, Friday eve, as we say around here. This is the Sean Spicer Show. We have a great discussion headed your way because there's a lot going on. This Arizona chair, Jeff DeWitt, has resigned based on that leaked phone call from Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake is basically, she admitted it. He on the tape is very clear that there's an attempt to get her out of the Senate race, to bribe her is what a lot of people are saying. Uh, he has submitted a letter saying that it's selectively edited, but I'm fascinated by this. She clearly knew that something was going to happen. Uh, he keeps talking about the people back east trying to get her out of the race. I want to break it down with the panel. Texas governor Greg Abbott, the Supreme Court is saying that the Biden administration has the right to cut the wire and let more illegals into the country. He's saying, no way, Jose. I have the ability under the Constitution to stop this because this is an invasion. Plus, a lot of US cities are seeing retailers get out. CVS, In-N-Out Burger, why? And have we reached a boiling point? Plus, by the way, set your notification now. I'm going live Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern on YouTube. Join us again, answer all your political questions, a little back and forth, a little chat. But today we have a great panel. Chad Prather, he's down in Texas. He's the host of the Chad Prather Show. Stacey Washington is the host of Stacy on the Right on Sirius XM in the evenings. And Jenny Beth Martin is the co-founder of Tea Party Patriots as well as its president. Let's bring them all in. All right, guys, welcome in. It's Friday Eve. I don't know if it's the law and order that I'm obsessed with, uh, with watching, but this whole Arizona, Carrie Lake, Jeff DeWitt, the state party chairman phone call, just, I felt like I, I, maybe I'm just want to go down rabbit holes, but I, when I saw this thing come out, the first thing that I thought to myself was, okay, they're in a private space. It sounds like, and if you listen to a full 10 minute version, you can hear them both go outside.
1: Is there a number of which I can be
2: bought? I can be bought. <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple years. No, and then go right back to what you're mm-hmm. doing. No. 10 million, 20 million, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country.
0: Okay, so, you know, I put on my my law and order hat and I was like, okay, there's no way there's more than two people in this room, right? Because they've gone from one room to outside Uh, and the conversation continues, meaning one person had to record it. It seems pretty obvious now that no one's denying that Carrie Lake's the one who recorded it. I don't. Does that change anything about the nature of the call, Jenny Beth?
3: No, it doesn't change anything. I think that she may have um, suspected this is what was going to happen, or she'd already had a phone call that um, that. It, that in in she knew that they were trying to offer to get her to do something else and to pay her money the reason that i'm saying that is that i heard her speak back in september and she referenced that this had indeed happened and i thought i i think i remember her saying it happened more than one time and and there was a phone call involved so i i think she knew it was about to happen one other thing When the Tea Party movement first began and we won elections back in 2010, then 2011 happened. Um, My former, um, well, my co-founder, my my former business partner, Mark Meckler and I were on a phone call with someone from Washington, DC. And we had a similar experience where people were saying, we will pay you if you will just quit picking on the Republicans so much.
0: Hey folks, let me ask you a question. When things go sideways, are you gonna be prepared As a graduate of the Naval War College and as a former White House press secretary, I was involved in a lot of contingency planning and preparation. The good thing for all of us is that if things go wrong in a natural disaster or we lose power for days, weeks, or even longer, we've got you covered. I want to introduce you to the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. It will have you covered. It is so strong. That it can actually run your refrigerator. So if you or a loved one depends on medicine that needs to be refrigerated, it has you covered. It runs solely off solar power and a solar panel comes with your order. If you go now to fourpatriots.com slash spicer, think about it. It may be hours, days, weeks. Who knows that you could be without power, but with four patriots, you're covered. Go to fourpatriots.com slash spicer. You never know when you're going to need it. And the beauty is because this entirely runs on solar power and the panel comes with it, you'll be covered. Taking care of your neighbors, your friends, your family members, and yourself in these critical times is what matters. So with the Patriot Power Generator 2000X, you can run your refrigerator and all of your other devices for hours without having to worry about it. Go to 4 Spicer to get your offer. I've been doing campaigns for 30 years. I've heard party officials say, you know, Jenny Beth or Chad, uh, we just don't think this is your time. We really want Stacey Washington to run. And, okay, that's what party officials do. What shocked me about this was actual money. And you're saying that this is not the first time that you've heard of this. It, it was for me. I've seen a lot in politics. I've never seen anyone offer cash money to pay someone to drop out of a race. Have you ever? been willing to say who that was? No,
3: I'm not going to repeat who, who it was, but it, it happened. I wasn't running for office.
0: And I, guess, but I mean, I've just, someone's willing to pay you to stop, right? They wanted to give you yeah. money.
3: And we didn't do it. And I mean, we were both just like, I think we we were in different locations. I remember I was at my house. I, it's vivid. It's crystal clear sure. in my mind where I was standing and I was texting him or Google chatting him as the conversation was going on going, did they just do that? Did that really just happen? And um, we we said no and kept doing what we were doing. And um, and we were being targeted by the IRS at the time. So it's right. not like we were bringing in boatloads of, of um, money. It, and we just, it, it was not something that we did, but it doesn't surprise me. And I, heard, I mean, she very specifically at the event, I heard her speak at in September said that this had happened. And she's like, I was a broadcaster. I had, I walked away from that. I had a very lucrative career. I'm not in this for the money. Right. So I, I, it's not the first time I heard it about her, so I wasn't shocked, but it's, it's disgusting that it happened.
0: I, I, I would imagine you do remember where you are when someone tries to bribe you. So I understand the, that you remember that. Uh, Chad, the thing that was so interesting to me though, was when I first heard it and I hadn't done all of my law and order analysis, I kept thinking the first thing off the bat was, wow, Carrie Lake's responses are like spot on, (laughs) right? She kept being like, you know, Jeff, I'm going to fight for America and the principles of our country and continue to support the America. And I was like, holy smoke. And then I realized, wait a second, she's she's the one doing the recording. So her half has to be taken at least, I think with a grain of salt that if you know you're the one that's doing the recording, you're not going to say anything stupid, right?
1: Yeah. And I've oftentimes, you know, I've told Carrie personally, I I said, you may be the most polished politician in America right now. I mean, she is so structured in the way that she does everything, her responses, uh, the way that she, you know, frames her rhetoric. uh, I think it does lend itself to what you said. If you know you're the one doing the recording. But the interesting thing of this, just this nefarious, um, just insidious thing, you you look at this and you think, is this truly the state of American politics right. that people are getting bought off? Because uh, you have to wonder if if this comes out and we hear this and, it, and this obviously seems to be true now, we know that he has offered a resignation letter. How many have said yes to that offer? How many have said yes to that type of bribe? I I mean, if if truly, I mean, it's kind of like asking yourself,
0: isn't there a bigger yeah, question, it, which is why isn't anyone offering me money not to run? I, mean, I, just, I would like to be bribed. Can someone please bribe yeah. me? Sean, Sean, you and I are in the same boat. Neither of us
1: are important enough for, for cash. OK, but, but I asked myself when I saw this, I thought, you know, this is like trying to figure out. I wonder how many times Joe Biden has fallen down in private that we don't know about. There's more of this going on than what we know about in this situation. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's just gross. We look, we know money changes hands when it comes to running a candidate or pushing uh, a, a certain agenda or a, or a cause or something like that. But this is, this is, this is a sad state of yeah. affairs. Oh, I, I agree. And I think your point, like, I, I think I've been at some pretty
0: high levels of politics over the last 30 years. I, mean, <laughs> I was blown away by this. Stacey, you talk to people every night. I mean, you're on the radio, your conversations are public for a good chunk of of what you do for a living at Sirius XM. But I thought to myself, like, I I, I gotta be honest, like, after the whole Omarosa thing in the White House, like I, I'm I am a much more guarded person. Um, and it's a sad state of being. And Jeff DeWitt in this letter uh that he he wrote says that, you know, he assumed that they were friends, there was no bad blood. He says, um, uh, this is just a betrayal of trust, but also a violation of the fiduciary responsibilities of an employee because apparently he was actually employing her um, through his private company. And I, I, again, I'm not, I just think to myself, God, I don't want to have to live my life thinking that every conversation that I have. Privately, with hey, when I call Stacey Washington or Chad Prather or, or after the show to say, Hey guys, uh, what do you think? or Hey, Jenny, bet that, that like you're on the other end recording it. I mean, because maybe I say something stupid, maybe I say something really funny that's taken out of context, which
2: tends to happen. But I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I was like, this is not the way to live. It isn't. But I, I think for Kari Lake, after what she's been through in Arizona, and what she's been through nationally, with all of the the media attention that has mostly been negative, they have really vilified her and turned her into a caricature of herself. She is on a path that maybe you know, Sean Spicer, and you you've been there too. I mean, let's face it: when you were press secretary, you weren't um you weren't on SNL as the guest host. They weren't <laughs> there to mock you, right? You, what they've taken you through the ringer. I'll it's have to look crazy. this up. I'm going to Google that. I, I know. I I think it's crazy, but. I think when, when we're talking about what, what's going on with Kari Lake, she's, she's in warrior mode. She's, and when she was on my show, she said as much, she said to me, you know, this is a fight for the very heart of who we are and what we will be in five years, 10 years. And just since she's been on in the the short months, since then it has been an unbelievable battle that we've been thrown into. None of us signed up for the pornographic books in schools or, or the fight over the GOP direction, which is what this is really about. And so I understand that he's upset that he was recorded. I, I, I'm I, not into that. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. if you call me, we're just going to talk about wine and and books and kids. But I, I think if if <laughs> we're talking about Kari Lake, I would probably be a little on edge if I were trying to bribe her that yeah. she might have a butt cam. Like that would have crossed my mind before I sat down with her to offer her money to drop out of the race. And I think on his part, he just, he was too naive about it. He, he, thought, he thought he was in charge. And I wouldn't sit down with someone like her and think I was in charge, even if I was employing her on the side in some capacity. I would sit down with her the same way I would sit down with any person who has that kind of media um, firestorm going around them. I would sit down with caution. And he just thought he was too much. Well, also, he... You know, Jenny Beth, he didn't stop. That was the thing, is that he, he
0: attempted to, to let her know that people wanted to pay her off initially. She was just like, I'm not going to be bought off. And it goes on for 10 minutes. At some point, you get the hint, you're, it's not going to happen. But he, I'm actually truly intrigued by the folks bass back east that he keeps referencing. He's like the folks back east. And I'm like, I, I wanted Carrie Lake, and maybe intentionally she didn't do it. But I was like, it's tell me who the folks back east are. I wanna know. I mean, because again, to, to the point that I made to Chad, maybe I wanna go to them and get some money. But I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't understand this. The folks back east, like what is this? The 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 this isn't the mob or something? Like, I, I is it a super pack? I mean, I I just, it didn't make sense to me because I kept thinking, okay, I've worked at the RNC, I've worked at the NRSC, I've worked at the NRCC. Like who's got this bag of cash? Because I've never heard of it before.
3: But he also was implying that she could have a job with somebody. So it's not necessarily that they had a bag of cash. They're trying to figure out where can we place her that will get her paid in some sort of legitimate manner, but enough money that she won't want to, she'll quit wanting to save the country and she can't be bought off for that. I don't know who it was and there's we can can sit there and speculate. I think the more important the the most important thing we need to get out of it is that there are people who are so interested and so Bent on preventing the agenda to save the country, to put America first, to do what it takes to advance conservative causes, that they will do what they will attempt as much as they possibly can. And I think most of them will try just about anything to try to prevent this from happening. They don't care about the country. They care about their own special interests much more than the future of our country.
0: Hey, are you a financial professional? Maybe you run a small business. Maybe you know the person who does and you're looking to get more productivity out of your company. You're looking for ways to cut wasteful spending. You're looking for ways to have accountability. Well, I got a deal for you right now. Call my friends at Ramp, ramp.com slash Spicer and they will give you 250 bucks, $250 cash in your pocket if you can just sign up and get that information. The cool thing about Ramp is it combines corporate cards with a sense of accountability. You can figure out who your employees get paid to do, what expenses they do, limits, it's all sorts of great things. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spending. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every single employee with limits and restrictions, automate expense reporting so you stop wasting time and have accountability. It's a, f- a fantastic thing. I talked to one of the folks that was on the show the other day. Their company uses Ramp and he was singing their praises. Ramp is easy to use to get started. You get issued physical corporate cards and they can start making payments in less than 15 minutes. Go now. As I said, you get 250 bucks just to sign up. Ramp.com slash spicer. That's R-A-M-P. Ramp.com slash Spicer. And a reminder: cards issued uh, by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members, FDIC terms and conditions apply. I, I do want to know how often has it worked? Who else has been bought off? Who else didn't run? Um, and why not me? Um, but 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 also I, I, look, I I just I, I was fascinated by this, like I said, but I, I do want to move on to to this discussion of the border because Chad is there in Texas, and I'll tell you, I, I I've been I, I've been watching Governor Abbott, and I was so proud of what he did to fight back. Uh, he he put the wire up. He said, if you're not going to defend Texas, I will. And then the federal government, the Biden administration sued to take the wire down. And then he said, you know what? I'm still have a duty to protect uh, Texas because it is an invasion. This is the letter that he sent that he says it is literally uh, the failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4 has triggered Article 1, which says that he, that the states have a right if they're being invaded. Uh, Chad, let me just ask you as the guy in Texas right now, what is the reaction of Texans to what Governor
1: Abbott is doing? I I think there's a lot of solidarity, Sean. I I think there's a lot of folks that are finally fired up that Greg Abbott is doing something and not just saying something. Listen, Greg Abbott, and he and I have traded barbs and, and crossed swords in the past. Uh, He is the consummate politician. He's very polished. He knows how to raise money. He knows how to get elected. He is probably the most powerful governor that the state of Texas has ever known, just based on his unilateral decisions he's made since he's been in office for three terms now. Uh, But the biggest complaint in Texas has been he says it when it's campaign season, but he never does it. I mean, you can see his border rhetoric going way, way back. But the fact that he's taking action now and and we're highly encouraged, I know that there's those of us who are excited to see Governor Stitt in Oklahoma and in Virginia and Florida showing solidarity with the state of Texas, offering manpower as well as resources, because this this is a crisis on many levels. But I think as a nation, what we're seeing, particularly in Texas, you know, Texas, Texas, People talk about Texas seceding and they talk about the Texit bill and Texas having been a republic. The heart of true Texans right now feel like the federal government has seceded itself from us. They are literally allowing an invasion you know, the vice president maybe has, has spent an hour on a layover in El Paso. Joe Biden doesn't know what state he's in at any given time. So they have no clue about the border. And and right. we, we've seen that Mayorkas is going to just give us up. And, and listen, we can't help but believe we've been abandoned because the federal government truly does want Texas to fall. It wants it to fall because we are a major cog in their plan. So I think we're excited in some respects. We're fearful in others, but we're in all things proud that Governor Abbott has chosen to do this. Um, and it's, it's a powerful tactic.
0: You know, Stacey, as I said, you're on the radio every night. I feel like for the first time, Republicans have an issue that unites Well, beyond the party base. This is something that independent suburban moms who are feeling the effects of fentanyl come into their community, people who are scared, rightly so, that terrorists are entering the country, can all unite by. I just, I just, I always feel with the Republican Party, sometimes we snatch victory from the hands of, like, we're like, okay, let's move on. This is the first time where I feel like, let's guys, let's all unite and fight to win.
2: Yeah, and I think Governor Abbott has issued the rallying cry because he has to. And I've been waiting for this moment. Born in Texas, don't live there anymore. But I'm going to tell you, I have a great heart for the state and I love the people. And I think Governor Abbott has done a lot more talking than action up until this moment. And when I saw the ruling come through on Twitter, I'm, I'm looking at it and thinking, what's wrong with Amy Coney Barrett? Is she bought off or is this an emotional ploy? Have they been working on her, the other female justices on the left? working on her to convert her to their side. And that's a definitive possibility. And so I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm, I frankly was afraid because I thought without a deterrent at all, the numbers will increase every single month. We're talking about about eight and a half million people here. And that does not include the gotaways because that's just an estimate of how many of those people have come in. Terrorists, people from third world countries, mostly military age men. It has been a a nonsense fest and it's intentional, but your point, Sean is well made. On this issue, there is no Democrat or Republican. There is only moms and dads and your kids getting kicked out of their high school so migrants can live there. Your grandparents being kicked out of a state-run old folks home because migrants need to live there. Every part of your life being impacted by people who shouldn't be here and are demanding services that are reserved or should be for citizens. So absolutely, this is the issue that Rona McDaniel and every person, I know Scott Pressler is getting out the boat. So many people who are working hard on our behalf including yourself, including everybody on this panel, we have to keep this as our number one issue because it's the one issue you can't say, oh, you're a racist, or Stacey, you hate brown people because you want immigrants to go back home. I wanna see the flights not into the interior of the country. I wanna see governors giving these people an option to fly back to their country of origin Or no more services. That's what they should tell them, right, right at the bat. I know you have a new puffer jacket and a nine hundred dollars stroller, but that's the last American taxpayer dollar you'll get unless you take a flight back to your home country. And these people will fly home. They absolutely would do it. So that's what I'd like. Yeah. I mean, Amy. I. I I mean, you know, um, Jenny, Jenny Beth. Let me let me
0: get back to to this issue because this is all on the backdrop of of House Republicans going after. Going after Alejandro Mayorkas and trying to impeach him, you've been very outspoken on this. Do you think that that's where does that fit into this? Right. In other words, is this a good time to do this and double down and get you know we we dunk on Alejandro Mayorkas because it, it amplifies the problem and the issue, or do we sort of let this Abbott thing be the focus for right now? And I'm not saying we don't impeach. Mayorkas, but the question is, is it better to do two things at once or is it better to focus on what's happening in Texas, the actions of Abbott, and then go, okay, let's push this thing to the right maybe a week and then go after Majorcus?
3: Um, I haven't thought about changing the timing of it, but the House is out this week, so they won't be doing anything on my orchis until next week, at least. And it seems like the American people have the attention span of a tweet, you know, like a second or two, and then they're ready to move on to the next thing. So I think we just need to keep. The most important thing is that we keep showing the problems because the border has been insecure and not even just insecure, but wide open. We truly are being invaded. Governor Abbott is right about that. Alejandro Mayorkas told Congress that he had operational control of the border. That is actually a legal term. He does not have operational control over the border. He doesn't have any, well, if you consider open borders, control, he has that, but he has no control over the border. It's obvious. In the past week, we've seen tweets from people who've entered the country who have said, um, you don't know who I am, you should know who I am, you'll know who I am soon. And then we follow up with that and we see that this looks like a man who's already been in prison because he was plotting terrorist plots. And now he's in the country and we don't even know where he is there's um a video right now that James O'Keefe highlighted last night or this morning from a citizen journalist who has taken the entire trek into going all the way from south and central america all the way up through the border going through the jungle going on the train it is shocking what all is happening and how many government non-government agencies and the un are involved in helping the cartels do this people are harmed they're raped some of the people die some of the people encounter violent, uh, additional violent crime on the way here, then they get here, they get through the border. I, I right now, this year and, and last year, Arizona is very important. So I'm in and out of Phoenix quite a bit. Every time I'm at that airport, I see people people walking around. They have their phone, a cord for the phone, and they have papers and a Ziploc bag, and that is all they are traveling with. Those people are not American citizens. They are not normal foreign travelers moving through to tour our country or businessmen. These are people who just got over the border, and they're going all over the country. Every state, every county is a border county and a border state. What Governor Abbott is doing is trying to help every single place in the country, because he's trying to stop the flow. My Orcas should be doing that. He has not done it. And I think it is worth impeaching him over it. And one, one more very quick thing. Yeah. The, federal, the uh, National Voter Registration Act does not require people when they register to vote to prove citizenship. So many of these people may wind up voting And in the state of Arizona, if you don't prove citizenship, you are given a federal-only ballot so you can vote in federal races. We have to fix that, and we need Congress to act on that immediately. Only citizens should be voting to determine who is the next president of this country, and the same for the United States Senate and Congress.
0: Yeah, if I can make one point on that before I want to get to Chad and, and what's going on in Washington. But I feel like the media likes to say, well, there's no examples of this because we, we can't. And I think that to your point, there needs to be people who document this. Here is this person. Here's them not, you know, as a, as a citizen and here's them voting because the media wants to pretend that this doesn't exist. And I think you're on to something. But Chad, I, we talked about Governor Abbott and what he's doing, uh, to, to protect Texas. Frankly, the United States, but there's a lot of talk, especially in the last 24 hours about what's going on in Washington. One, the general bill that Lankford, Senator Lankford from Oklahoma has been working on, whether or not that's effective at all. But then yesterday there was this idea that Mitch McConnell apparently floated at at a Senate Republican lunch saying, well, let's separate the Ukraine aid from this because we need to keep it basically. I mean, this, I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying, hey, we need to keep this as a political issue because Trump wants it as a political issue. And of course, now the cynics are saying, see, the Republicans actually don't want to solve this. All right, folks, I got a question. Are we all being lied to? Because you think about this big banks and Wall Street, they all want us to put our money into an IRA or a 401k. The question is, is there a better way? Are we risking our lives in like a Wall Street casino to secure our investments for the future? Studies show the average American who follows the advice will actually outlive their savings by 10 years. So the question is, are you getting what you need? A man who invented the 401k says it's actually a failed experiment that should be destroyed. So think about this. You can have guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income if you go to bank on yourself bankonyourself.com slash Spicer. Your plan goes forward, no matter what. If the market tumbles, you still make out. You have your principal and your growth are locked in. It's tax-free retirement income. You'll know what your tax rate will be in retirement, zero under current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. Uh, You're in control, you get access to your money for any purpose, no questions asked. That's not how it works with an IRA or a 401k, right? bank on yourself, totally different model here. You get peace of mind. You know, the minimum guaranteed value of your retirement savings on the day that you plan to tap into and at every point along the way. So if you want guaranteed, predictable annual growth and control of your money and tax-free retirement income, go to bankonyourself.com slash Spicer, bankonyourself.com slash Spicer. And they're going to send you a free report uh, that tells you about all of these opportunities. Bankonyourself.com slash Spicer. Let's shift from Texas to Washington. Do you think that there's actually an effort, a serious effort in any way to solve this or address this issue? No.
1: Yeah. No, this is this is a Democrat and a Republican problem. This is a permanent Washington problem. They love this. Listen, Republicans can fundraise off of this. They could do a lot when it comes to these elections that are coming up. When it comes to this, an open border, I don't care what their rhetoric is, actually lends itself in a convenient way, positively towards all of their efforts. I hate to say that. But listen, when you when you deal with permanent Washington, whether they have an R or a D by their name, I don't think that there's any trust whatsoever on the part of the average American person these days particularly if they have a, a conservative bent. So, no, I, I don't think that border funding needs to come along with more funding for Ukraine. Obviously, that's a problem. Senator Ted Cruz came out, I think it was yesterday, and said, listen, we'd love to read the bill. They won't let us. And that's a sure sure sign that there's something nefarious inside of it that they don't want us to see. But, you know, listen, if Joe Biden and this administration wanted to close the border, they could close the border. The border is closed. I mean, uh, I mean, the border can be closed as simple as saying we're closed. Right. Uh, we, we're, we're stopping this we're not letting you come across it's it's you know i've seen it where we've had certain uh, ebbs and flows when the when the when the when the traffic got a little heavy, there were certain things that were going on. They actually have made federal announcements where they said the border is is closed today. All of these pass points are closed today. And guess what? They were effectively closed. The Biden administration doesn't need legislation to close the border. The fact is, they like an open border. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I hate to say it, Democrats Democrats like open borders because they're going to get voters. Republicans like open borders because it's going to get cheap labor. I, it's it sucks, but that's what it is, Sean.
0: I, you know, that's funny. I mean, at some point, everyone's got to be honest about this. I agree. The voting thing to me is has always been an issue. They're going to come here, they get DACA or they go through, which Jenny Beth was saying. Uh, to, But at some point, this is all going to, like this is their plan. And we're so stupid not to acknowledge it. I, Stacy, I do want to shift gears though. We talked a lot about what Governor Abbott's doing to protect people. And then you go a little north and you got Governor DeWine in, in Ohio. There's this whole bill about uh, gender affirming care for minors, and the the legislature passed it uh, to to protect children. Dewine had all these excuses about protecting their rights. The legislature, the Senate yesterday in in Ohio, voted twenty three to nine to override his veto, and the ban is expected to take place in in uh, in in ninety days. The bill uh, would bar transgender youth from receiving gender affirming care, and would prevent transgender girls and women from playing on girls teams and girls, women's sports teams. So I I just, I, again, this gets back to like, nothing against, I mean, I can't imagine what some kids go through. Okay. In terms of, uh, but, but we keep bending to change, to, to undermine all the stuff that women have achieved, um, in terms Mm -hmm. of access to sports and and other opportunities, but because somebody has a, a gender affirming issue, I just, and and I was somewhat uh, taken back by how DeWine came out against this.
2: So first of all, it's not gender-affirming care, it's bodily mutilation. And fair enough, fair enough. Okay,
0: and just for the record, thank you for for putting that out there because I'm just, I was reading the story so that viewers don't go nuts because I think Stacey's- Oh, absolutely.
2: But but yeah, and I know we all have the same mind on that here, but I I have to say it now every single time. No, you're right, you're right, right. words matter. yeah, and the Reddit, there's a subreddit called um, R. And if you go on there, you'll be there for less than five minutes before your whole desk in front of you will be wet with your own tears, reading the stories of these kids. They've transitioned and they want to kill themselves, but they admit that they will not kill themselves because their parents helped them transition. And they're so worried that if they kill themselves, their parents will end up killing themselves and their siblings will be orphans, that they just live with their bodies, what they've been butchered. And so I'll tell you what he did was he yielded to those forces out there to tell him he can't get reelected or he can't be at cocktail parties or he's going to be a pariah and he's going to be mocked on on television for signing this legislation. But the reality is people are being indoctrinated. They're being convinced that they have to do this for kids or kids will commit suicide. But the data that's coming out of Europe shows that you have a higher rate of suicide after gender-affirming care than you do before, and that these people are now suing their doctors. And so Europe has rolled back gender-affirming care, and we're still heading like a freight train off, off a cliff into butchering the bodies of children. So I tell you, Sean, as a mom of three, and as everybody's mom on the radio from 9 to midnight, I'm telling <laughs> you this is wrong. And parents have to stand up to it. This is no longer a case where you can go to the doctor, and the doctor says, your child needs three shots, and you say, okay, okay. You go to the doctor and you're and he says we need to give your child something that may or may not sterilize them you get up and you leave you protect your child's future because they're robbing you of your grandkids and they're robbing your children of the ability to procreate in the future and they're butchering them and changing them into androgynous individuals who can't get married They, they can barely get jobs their lives are ruined so you know governor dewine is so out of touch with what's going on in the ground with parents and families right now and you're right these kids are in a heartbreaking situation But when I was a kid and I went goth for a month, my parents rolled their eyes and let me go goth for a month. And then I grew out of it. When I went into a phase, my parents would either tell me that's not a phase that lives at our house or they would let me go through it and watch me emerge from it a little bit older, but not not much wiser because I was a kid. Nobody should be cutting off body parts because their kid says, I mean, what do we do for kids who think they're pirates? Do we cut their arms off? This is ridiculous. And so, you know, parents need to stand up. If you have any common sense at all, fight for your child's right to have a phase and come out of it. So Jenny Beth, and I don't mean to, I don't want people to think
0: I'm making this equivocal case here, but I just, it was interesting to me because sometimes something pops in my head and and I want to, but there was this whole story that's popped in the last, let's call it seven days where young girls are going to places like Sephora and buying makeup and there's a concern within the industry that they're putting stuff on their faces that was made for adults um, and, and you know that they're potentially hurting themselves and to Stacy's point, I'm thinking to myself you're now worried about makeup uh, and creams and things that could go on your face but you're not worried about a life-altering surgery that you know uh, again I, I was I drove carpool this morning right? And one of the things that I asked the kids is we were just, I mean, I always find some something to talk about that day. Sometimes, what are you doing this weekend? Blah, blah, whatever. And today I said, what do you all want to be when you grow up? And one of the kids had said something about he uh, wanted to do something. And they said, I thought you wanted to be a psychologist. And he goes, that was two months ago. Totally different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the point was, is that in two months, these young tweens had all thought of things that they had heard at one point change their mind. That's what kids do. That's the beauty of being a kid is that you experience something, you change your mind. And yet I I just, I'm shocked that doctors and adults take what a kid says in a, you know, potentially a phase and says, let's go for it. I, the, the
3: doctors and adults who are doing that are, they lack courage. And I actually question whether they are truly adults They're they're weak individuals who are just going along to get along. When you're a parent, you have to be able to say no. Being a, a mean mom, sometimes I say I'm a mean mom. But it doesn't mean that I'm I'm hurting my children. It means my children look at me and go, "Mom, that's so mean." And yeah, because I have to set the rules, I have to set the boundaries. If I don't, you, know, do you it, mean you have
0: to be an adult. To I a- have to be the adult.
3: I don't get to be the one who who is their friend. I you know they might hate me from time to time. I don't think my children actually hate me, but you know they might be really either. mad at me from time to time. And, and that, that's part of being the parent. That's part of being the adult because you have to help them so that they can actually enter into adulthood themselves as a whole individual. And when you're allowing them to cut off their body parts, to take drugs that will make them incapable of having children later, a, a, a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 20-year-old many times don't even know if they if they want to have children, but a little bit later when they're 28 and 30, they may want to. And if you have prevented that, I think that is one of the absolute most cruel, inhumane things you can do to a person. And this is coming from a woman who had to go through fertility treatments to have the twins who I'm so blessed to have. Doing that to children and making it impossible for them to later be parents themselves is one of the worst things I think that a human being can do to another.
0: You know, Chad, Mm -hmm. if you had told me 10 years ago we'd be having this conversation, I'd say you're nuts. Like just to me, it's unfathomable, it still is. In 10 years from now, is the conversation that we're gonna have that this is settled or we have, have has the left gone too far, and this gets dialed back.
1: Man, I hope so. I, you know, but I don't know. I, I'm awfully cynical when it comes to the idea of, of that suddenly becoming taboo and people's eyes being opened. I think there's going to have to be, as Stacy said, enough of those tragic testimonies that people see and and they're tossed in front of their eyes, so that people say, "What what in God's name have we done to a generation?" You know, I've started calling it transgenderism because it is trending and there is, um, you know, that prefrontal cortex that's not developed in these children. They don't know how to make their decisions. They say that in the age of social media, that people are changing careers up to seven times before the age of 35. God knows we don't know what what Mm -hmm. our identity is in so many ways professionally. And these kids are struggling with who they are sexually and as a gender ideology. Uh, But but again, and again, to your point, Sean, I know there's people out there, this this subset, this this statistically non-existent demographic who is truly dealing with this dysphoria. That is a sad situation. And and those on social media would come at us and say, well, if you knew someone who was dealing with this, well, we all know someone who's dealing with something of, of mm-hmm. this type of nature. We've heard the stories and it's sad. But, you know, and we're dealing with this on my show tomorrow, this this. um this soft parenting, these styles of soft parenting that's taking over a generation, because it's up to the parent. Yeah. The role of the parent, the God-given role, is is to teach a child where you come from, who you are, where you're going, and ultimately what you're going to leave behind. We're destroying their identity, and in so doing, destroying a culture. But we're also destroying uh, human beings and their identities completely.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Is that we keep forgetting. I have this conversation with parents all the time where they they act like they don't have a role. They're like, you know, I just can't believe the social... And I'm like, well, do you monitor it? Do you look at it? Do you have a conversation? They're like, well... And I'm like, I'm sorry, at some point, you know, you have to be the one that teaches the kid right and wrong. Um, you know no you're not going to watch that movie i mean i i to jenny best point i mean maybe i'm the bad guy here and there but you know my my kids ask sometimes my son in particular can i watch this movie and i'll look it up i'll research it and I'll say i'm sorry it's not appropriate for your age and he'll get mad and say but everyone else watching. it I was like, great that's for their parents to decide i don't think it's appropriate um or their parents actually don't know that they're searching it or whatever but you know I have certain parental controls over what they can see and what they can't and and I just think that we forg- parents seem to forget in a lot of cases these days that they have a role and that it's not the kid doesn't the kid is not in charge um I, I want to touch base on something else though that I I've, I've it's sort of the last couple of days has been really interesting stacy yesterday I got up um, and I know if you're not in the DC area, you probably don't care about this, but there's this CVS in this upper Northwest Northwest corner of DC. I don't live in DC, but it's a fairly prominent area. Um, and they're closing the CVS and they showed uh, the shelves. They were empty and bare. They talked about how often it had gotten robbed. They were interviewing some of the, the residents who are all, you know, upset that the CVS was going to close. And then this morning, there's a an article, an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, um, why In-N-Out Burger is out of Oakland. So uh, I I posted it to Twitter if anyone wants to see it. Um, But the COO of In-N-Out Burger, and apparently Oakland is a pretty good location for them, says, despite taking repeated steps to create safer conditions, our customers and associates are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robbery. And I kept thinking to myself, okay, you have the CVS thing here, You've got In-N-Out Burger out in Oakland, California, and they, these aren't isolated things. You're talking about stores all over the country in these cities. Mm-hmm. But when they do these interviews, I, I'm amazed. It's like somehow, it, you know, gosh, how did this happen? You defunded the police. You ridiculed the police. You told the police not to do anything. Um, and because one of the people they were interviewing was this guy who was just like the security guard just stands there. And I'm like, yeah, of course he does. Like, what do you want the security guard to do? Go after them so that the police come and then they don't do anything and that they don't arrest the guy. But what what is, like, I just, uh, this is Democrat leftist policies coming to fruition. I don't like, it's not hard to see. And no one wants to have that conversation. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the store's closing. This is because of them, their policies, they did it. And, and they, and the uh, the worst part about it is like, you have the mayor's office being like, we're going to have a task force. I don't need a task force. You guys decriminalized all this stuff. You gave an open, I mean, it's like the border. You might as well put a sign that said, come in, steal our stuff.
2: Yeah, the laws have been adjusted to favor the criminal and with the, they have almost a catch and release. It's like a border policy for criminals. They catch them, the police go out and catch them in committing a crime. They submit the evidence. And before that's even considered, they're given the ability to leave with no cash bail. And so these are all policies that have been implemented at the behest of George Soros, who is a civilizational destroyer. And it's societal change. It's the normalization of lawlessness and it's the proliferation of the idea that if you see someone doing something wrong, you had damn well better not do anything about it because look at Daniel Penny in New York being prosecuted for killing a man who had literally victimized 40 or 50 people and was on his way to victimizing a group more when Daniel Penny took him down. It wasn't intentional that he killed him, but the fact that he did, Daniel Penny has to be taught a lesson because you don't want people on the subway to step in and save little old women and grannies and young Chinese women who are being victimized at a rate of dozens a day. You don't want people to feel empowered They've already taken away their guns now take away their right to gather in groups and defend themselves from crazy people and by the way look at all the crazy people so um this is intentional this is just like the book the border and i'll I'll say this if if we just had real men anymore if we had a million more daniel pennies and they're there but they care about their wives and their kids and their jobs and so they're not going to do anything these people are very effective at destroying the best place on earth to be a woman to be black to be asian to be uh short to be poor to be dumb to be a maniac to have mental illness the best place on earth to do anything and they're destroying it they're taking away our right to self defense and we really the only the only way this works is if we take it back if groups of people stop people from strolling out of the store with 900 dollars worth of beer or or alcohol or liquor We have to get together as a society and decide that George Soros can't run this country anymore because he's running it into the ground.
0: Yeah. Jenny, Beth, real quick. It's funny. I was looking for this tweet uh, or this comment last night that Tim Scott made. He said, the Democrats prefer the issue than the solution. I I just, no one, people keep looking at like the demise of cities. I got 30 seconds left. I, I just, I'll ask you the same quick question I asked Chad on the last subject is, does this come back in our direction or are we here for good?
3: No, I don't think that we're here for good. It's a society, there there's always a swing in the pendulum. And people who live in those areas are still going to live there even when CVS is gone, even when In N Out Burger is gone. And at some point they are going to stand up and say, absolutely not, we cannot continue this. It may take longer, but it, it will we can't. We won't survive if it continues. And I believe that America will survive.
0: I hope it survives. Chad, I I appreciate you being with us. Jenny Beth, uh, Stacy, thank you all. Uh, Thanks all for tuning in. By the way, as a reminder, I mentioned at the top of the show, we're doing another live event, 7 p.m. on YouTube, Sunday night, tune in there. Uh, before I forget to remind you tomorrow, Tommy Lahren will be joining us tomorrow to break down where the race for president stands and so much more, her meteoric rise in independent media and what that means and what her advice is for young women uh, and young people who are trying to get in the game. Continue to subscribe, hit that notification button, go to Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, and anywhere else that you can think of. I appreciate you being with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Sean Spicer Show.